That word number means to count, means to appoint, means to prepare, means to uh, commit, accountability, to reckon, or to realize. Someone has said life is like a dollar bill. You can spend it any way you want to, but you can only spend it once. You can only spend it once. Now, when you spend money, there's really only one of two ways you can spend it. You can waste it or you can invest it. The same thing is true with life. Whether you're old or six or 60, healthy or wealthy, puny or, or poor, you, you can make our days count. I suppose this thought has come to such a reality to me because we've done two funerals this week. That's, that's rare. We don't usually do two in one week. But we have done two funerals. And uh, it's brought me to mind to say, Lord, teach us to number our days. Making Every moment count. Then you say, well, how, how do we do that? How do we make every moment count? How do we take this great gift God's given us called life and invest it for His glory and for His honor? How, how do we do that? Well, I, I believe He tells us in Matthew six thirty three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. First things first. Now I know that, that sounds simple. And, but the reality is, it could transform your life today. If you're here, and there was a time in your life. That first things were first. But you've kind of moved from that just a little. You've kind of slipped from that just a little bit. Let, let me be very clear. There used to be a time you never missed a service. Now, very easily, you'll miss a service. There was a time that you, you would never sell out God, but now readily you seem to want to sell out God. That's what I'm talking about. We find in this passage, the Lord gives us how that we can make every moment count. I said earlier this year, if God gives me my allotment, I don't have but just a little over 10 years to use for His glory and for His honor. I want, I desire to make them the best years. Don't tell Him, but I'm really asking Him for 20 more. I'm asking Him for more. But if I get my allotment, three score and ten, I just have just a little bit over 10 years, uh, 10 years and a few days. I want to make them count. I want to make them count. 
I, I was, I, I, this will be in the funeral today, so I'm not going to preach the funeral now. But one of the things, Joe wasn't here, but about a couple of years, he really was not a part of our church. It, it, it's very odd. He joined the first Sunday morning he came. I've never, uh, uh, that, and by the way, I've never let nobody join the first Sunday they came but him. He's the only one I've ever let do that. And, but he joined the first Sunday he came. And, but he made the time here count. His life counted. Amen? I'm wondering tonight, are you making your life count? Every moment count. First of all, to make life count, we got to do one thing. And this here is the dividing line of every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room tonight, this morning. Setting the right priorities. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything rises and falls right there. If your priorities are not in order, you can take it to the bank. Your life will not be in order. But when your priorities are in order, you take it to the bank. Your life will be in order. Amen? And it's amazing. We have heard enough Bible. We've heard enough preaching. We've heard enough that we're not ignorant. As a matter of fact, a matter of fact, the truth is, many of us, most of us, sitting in this room this morning. We, we have heard enough Scripture, enough Bible. We, we know the truth of the Word of God. We may have a few that don't know, but for the most part, we know what's truth, what God expects. We know what, what God desires. And it does not make any difference what we think about it. We don't have to discuss it. We don't have to look for it. We simply have to do it. Amen. God has already told us what's to be first. First of all, He said, Seek ye the kingdom of God. That word seek means to pursue, means to chase after. And it is also in the present tense, which means I've got to seek Him today, tonight, tomorrow. Seek, it means to seek Him continually in my life. It means to pursue, to seek Him continually. Has the ideal that every day we'll wake up and look to heaven and say, God, what would you have me to do? Amen. Now, if you seek a kingdom, you got to realize you cannot have a kingdom unless you have a king. There's got to be a king if you have a kingdom. May I ask you to this morning, what's king in your life? All of us. All of us, every one of us, have something on the throne room of our hearts. All of us have placed something there on that throne. Some, it might be money. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. For some, it might be pleasure. For some, it might be power. Whatever's on the throne room of your heart is your king. 
And so we act, if we actively pursue, seek ye first the kingdom of God, then we must seek the king of that kingdom. I can tell you something I know about every person here and about your relationship to God at this very moment without even talking to you. And that is this. You have all of God you want. He does not give more to someone else than He wants to give to you. He'll not give more to... uh, I was reading somebody give me an article. Billy Graham. He doesn't give Billy Graham more than He gives us. Amen. He will not give D.L. Moody or Spurgeon. May I say, you have just as much of God as you really want. And God said, we've got to seek a king. Bible says in James 4, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Isn't it amazing? That double-minded person. Uh, let, let, let me just help you here for just a little bit. Whenever you, you say, well, preacher, I, I, I don't know my, when my priorities are, are, are getting out of sorts. I, I'll tell you how you know your priorities are getting out of sorts. It's when you begin to justify what you already know is not right. Now, let me tell you that again. It got, you kind of looked at me strange like, wow. When you begin to justify what you already know is not right. That's when your priorities are fixing to get out of sorts. Now, I'll just tell you. You say, well, um, I've got to do this and I'm I'm going to do that. And there are some times in life that things come up that we have to do things. And we we just have to, we we, we just have to do those things. And and, and I I suppose, I, I don't know, I'm not sure about even that, where God's going to, be that understanding about it. But what happens is when, when we have to do something, when it comes to the time that we make a choice, let me, let me just throw one out at you. Forsaken not the ascending of yourselves together. How many knows that scripture? We know that God expects us, God, if you're a member of the church, and, and especially in a position in, in this church, uh, uh, we expect you to be here. God expects you to be here. You ought, you ought to be here in any place. And then sometimes a job or something uh, kind of forces us into issue where we can't be as faithful. What happens though when that happens is this. When we have the choice, we'll make the choice not to be in the house of God. That's when our priorities are starting to move and your priority's not in the right place. Boy, I, I love this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. And you say, well, what, what, God, what, what would God do? I'll tell you what God will do. Bible said, one day, Peter said, I, I go fishing. I'm going fishing. And, and he's out of the will of God 
He said, I'm going fishing the rest of God. I'm going with you. So they all went. But you know what God did? God run every one of those fish to the other side of the boat. They didn't care. Children, had you got any meat? No. Well, ain't nothing worse fishing all night and not catching nothing. I've done that a couple of times. Well, I, I'm not sure I, I ain't too keen. I, I like fishing some, but anyway, they didn't catch nothing. And then God said, cast you, you, your nets on the other side, and they, and they pulled in more. You know what God, God said? I gave them the desires, but I sent leanness to their soul. You realize this? But when our priorities right, when, when our priorities in the right place, it's God's good pleasure to bless you. But God sees you, you put your priorities and, and you, you set the priority. Well, I, I, I tell you, no matter what happens, no matter what goes on, I'm going to be right with God. I'm going to put God first in my life. I'm going to be right with Him. No matter what, no matter what happens, I'm going to be right with God. It's God's good pleasure. God's good pleasure to bless everything you do. But you say, well, well, uh, I, I do this. And, and God, you just have to understand. Time out. Time out. You must understand the issues not between me and you. The issues not between you and the church. The issues bigger. It's between you and the King of glory. Amen. And you say, well, I, I do this. And I, I'm going to do this. I tell you, I'm, I'm going to do this. I don't care. You go right ahead. God will send leanness. He'll not let you enjoy. He'll, he'll send leanness to your soul. And you won't have near the joy that you're going to have. Oh, I know. Well, I know this is the Holy Grail around here. Amen. I know some of you fellas like to hunt. Amen. You get your, you make sure your priorities right. God run by the biggest buck you've ever seen. Have 50 points on his head. I mean, have a rack so big, it wouldn't fit in the back of a truck if he's so minded to. What is something about having our priorities in the right place that God sees fit to say, I'm going to bless your life. I'm going to bless you. Last thing Joe told me, last, the last words out of that man's mouth, I heard him say, Remember I'd see him? I said, Joe, we've been missing his church. And I love what he said. He said, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best, preacher, to get to our Sunday. I'm going to try my best. He couldn't even sit up in bed. There was something in his heart that said, God, I want to be there. But he just, his body just wouldn't cooperate. Do you think God understands? Yes, God showed up in that room Wednesday and blessed that crowd beyond imagination. But, but I want you to know, seek first the kingdom of God. Jeremiah 29, 13, And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. We must seek Him first. Must seek Him first. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God first. Got your Bible? 
Matthew chapter 6. Look at your Bible. Take your Bible. Let me show you just a little bit of something here. It's amazing. God's Word's an amazing thing. Yeah, God's Word. You say, well, Peter, that's just what you think. Well, you got your Bible. Let me show you something. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Now note the word faith. Faith. Let me stop right there. Say this. Your faith is a direct influence on your priority. If you believe God's everything that you say and you think He is, you'll have no problem putting Him first in your life. If not, you'll struggle from now that Jesus comes with your priorities. Second, notice verse number 32. After all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly, notice the word, Father, knoweth that you have need of all these things. You know what he does? He stepped right in them. He, he just, you know what he done? He jumped right in the middle of your excuses and reasoning and your justification. He jumped right in, just jumped right dead sin in the middle of it. He's saying to you, hey, don't you know, I know what you need? He said, I'm your father. And I know what you need. Now, you ask the youngins, they may tell you they need something they don't need. But as a father, you know what they need. He said, I know no, faith, Father. Then Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Notice the word first. God's saying, listen, I'm not playing second fiddle to anything else. Don't miss this. He's either first in your life or he's no place in your life. Either he's first or no place. The Bible likens the relationship with Jesus to us, to a husband and his wife, or wife to her husband. And you know what? I don't know, it's the strangest thing. But Darlene, of all the ladies in the church, she wants me to put her first. Got this strange thing about her. She wants me to put she likes me to put her first. I'm snagged. It's irritating me. She wants me to put her first. I, I don't know why she has a problem when I want to put anything else in life first. Over her. She struggles with that. Matter of fact, I struggle with that when she wants to put other things first. Oh, and God likens that relationship to.
to him. When we put other things first, he's saying, what's your faith? I'm your father. I know what you need. And if you'll put me first, God does not want a place in your life. He does not want prominence in your life. He wants preeminence in your life. He wants first. Jesus wants the first moments of every day, the first day of every week, and the first part of every paycheck. Do you hear me? He wants the first moment of every day, the first day of every week. Church, now you listen to me. If you'll listen to me, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you a great secret. We ought to be careful how we use God's day. I think, I think we find, if you'll go back and do some studying in the Bible, when people misuse God's day, God had a tendency to let them all pile up and then take them back at the end. We ought to be careful. It's God's day. And He wants the first part of every paycheck. So we seek the king, then we seek the kingdom. Kingdom of God's mentioned five times. The kingdom of heaven's mentioned 33 times. See, when we seek the kingdom, then we're seeking his way of doing things. We bring glory to the king. It is to bring glory to the king. Whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You ought to ask yourself the question, Every relationship, everything you do, God, are you going to get glory out of this? Now, if you know it's already wrong, it won't bring glory to Him. It won't bring glory. Second, we ought to ask Him the guidance of the King. Uh, uh, the, the loyal people always want to do whatever the king would have them to do. Third, the government of the king speaks of the ideal so, uh, of him ruling our lives. Someone said, well, that's slavery. The greatest liberty in the world is being controlled by the right master. Amen. Woman was deathly sick. Neighbor came to visit her and asked her whether she wanted to live or die. She said, I just want whatever pleases God. Neighbor said, well, what if God were to refer the matter to you? Which one would you choose? She said, if God would refer the matter to me, I would just refer the matter back to him. That lady had her priorities all set in order. Number one, set proper priorities. Now notice something, the order, set personal purity. When personal purity gets affected, it's probably because priorities got wrong somewhere. Set personal purity. Not only do we seek His kingdom, we seek His righteousness. Not only does God control over us, He wants God's character within us. The kingdom of God is not only to be inwardly experienced, but to be outwardly expressed. A man's character is simply an outward expression of whatever is controlling him inwardly. Can I say this? Faith is always seen in its fruit. Faith is always seen in its fruit. Whatever controls you outwardly, your actions 
will speak louder than your words ever speak. Are you listening? That's the reason why. That's the reason why. If you teach a class, you ought to be so careful. You ought to be so careful that your actions, your actions promote what you say. Your actions ought to be what you say. Because there's somebody, there's somebody watching your life. There's somebody looking at you. Somebody looking at you. James put it this way. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yet a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without my works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Character is always seen in his conduct. There was a day years ago when there was a great debate over God is dead. Uh, years and years, the, the debate was God is dead. Did you know where that started from? That started because a man had this idea as this. If you want me to believe you're a redeemer, then you're going to have to act a little more redeemed. That, that statement came from an atheist watching Christians that said one thing, but live something else. And that is the greatest harm. We must desire it, His righteousness. We must desire it. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We ought to desire it. It's got to be desired. We ought to desire to be right, do right, live right, just as much as a hungry man sitting down at a table to eat a meal. We ought to desire it that much. Or desire it. We ought to determine it. Or determine. Oh, God help us. God help us. Give us some Christians. Give God, I pray. Give us some Christians. I, I, I get so, I, to me, I, I, I feel for my God. Because what a shame and what a disgrace that God has to beg us to love Him and serve Him. That God has to beg us and love Him to serve Him. What a disgrace that is. What a disgrace that God Almighty has to, has to plead with us to be faithful. These things should be without Him saying a word. You, we say we're saved, we're, we're born again, we're washed in the blood, we're going to heaven, but then we, we just, we, we're just treated so, so haphazardly and carelessly, and then we're upset when things go wrong. We can't understand why ain't God helping me. I want to ask you a question. What if God treated us the way we treat Him? What if God sitting in a hospital room, your baby's in there, the doctors are saying, we don't know what's wrong. But if you can pray, pray. 
And we go to God and say, God, my baby's in there. And God say, well, I, I'm sorry. Uh, something else has come up. And, and uh, you, don't, you don't understand, don't you? And something else has come up. And this, and I've got this to do in this. What if God treated us the way we treat Him? Folks, this thing of being saved, born again, washed in the blood, it needs to be a whole lot more real to some of us than what it is. It needs to be something more than you. I'm not above you shouting. I'm not above you singing it and, and all this stuff. It's good. There ought to be something in the heart of every man in this church to say, for me and my house. Notice it starts with me. We'll serve the Lord. There ought to be. We must determine it. God's not near as interested in what I say as what I do. I wonder. And it'll be a great day. When you learn the difference between self-righteousness and the Savior's righteousness. I'm not talking about your, your self-righteousness. The Bible says our righteousness is just filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind taking us away. May I say Philippians 3, 9. If, and be found in Him not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. How much do you believe your God? I didn't say you're saved. How much do you believe in your God? How much? Because that will determine where you place Him in the role of your life. We need to seek a personal purity. And then you know what He done? Here's what He said. He said, and all... Now, I'm going to ask you something. What does all mean? Does that mean what you need? Does that mean what you need for your family? All these things shall be added unto you. When we sacrifice the right priorities, you know what we're saying? Here's what we're saying. Get out of the way, God. I'll take care of this myself. I'll handle it. I'll take care of my family. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll, God, slip out of the way. I got this in God. And what you need to understand, the saddest place you can be is trying to do it yourself. And God's saying, I told you I'd never leave you or forsake you. But I'll tell you what He will do. He'll slip over to the side and let you see what you can do with it. He'll let you see what you can do with it. He'll let you see how you can handle it. Well, I don't know about you. I need God today. God, I need a mystery. 
Lord, I need him tomorrow. I'm going to need him. Lord, I, I got to have him. I just got to have him. What are all these things? Well, you that are worried about finances. You know why people will rob God? It's because they don't believe God and pay their bills. Well, I'm on this income, preacher. I, I, I tell you, we, we, we no. Do you, do, you, do you think that God, oh, 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 time out. God's called a meeting. You're on a fixed income. He's up there. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Lord, I just say, I say, Michael, can, can we sell some gold to the street or something? I'm on a fixed income. You think God's all the pieces because you're on a fixed income? No. What about finances? Matthew 6, 19. Lay not up yourself treasures upon earth where the moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. God says, lay up treasures in heaven. Worried about food? I'm going to feed my family. I got to feed my family, preacher. Listen. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, not for your body, for what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat in the body and raiment? Probably 1998, I went full time to the church. I told Arlene, I said, sink or swim. I said, we might get mighty skinny before we get done. But I'm going to believe God to take care of us. And last I checked, neither one of us are anorexic. God, neither one of us. Last time I checked, I was just checking. I, I don't remember a time that we were out of meal. I never remember a time. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just saying... Sometimes we ain't got all we what we wanted. I'm telling you, there's always been something need. What about food? That's what God said. Hey, what all these things? What about fitness? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubic to a stature? God said, You reckon, you reckon, you know, you can work all you want to, and you still ain't gonna get no taller. You might get broader, but you're not gonna get taller. I don't care how much you, you, and they say stretchy. What about fashion? Why? Take your thought for Raymond. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. You know what God's saying? He's saying, and after all these things, do the Gentiles say, Time up! Time up! He's talking to us! Gentiles! Seek. Here's why he said, For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. And he promised that if you seek him first in his kingdom, his righteousness, he said, and all these things shall be added unto you. I wish I could get you. I, I would open some of your heads. I thought about bringing me a drill today. About a two-inch drill, be and start drilling holes in your head. If I could drill a hole in your head and pour this scripture, pour this passage in here, and help you to understand the greatest place to be in the world is in the will of God, the best of your ability doing right by God, 
and just putting Him first. How you make every day count? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things, all these things shall be added unto you. What? What a, what a promise. But you know, but you know, if you don't believe God can do that, then you'll struggle with putting Him first. And right there, right there, is where we stop. Because if you don't believe God can is everything He says He is, why? You can't possibly trust Him. How, how can you trust God that you're always doubting? That you're always putting on, on, on trial? How, how, how do you trust God you're always putting on trial in your life? Oh, maybe this morning, the greatest thing, Lord, increase my faith. But then you know a truth. You know a truth. And God's going to hold you accountable to that truth. And He's going to say, well, where do you put me? Making every moment count. So stand to your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed.